With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Right, we are going to be talking some volleyball now. It is the 53rd Volleyball New Zealand Club Championships, um, and it's in Tauranga. Joining us is the GM of Volleyball New Zealand, Stephen Upfold, joins us. G'day, Stephen. Hey, Steffi. How are you doing? Very well, mate. Um, are you like a lot of the other sports have been gagging to get going after this COVID hiccup? Mate, I think we're in exactly the same space as everyone. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge with the volleyball space because... Uh, we've got indoor to a camp four, which had extended, I guess you'd call it, um, restrictions over last summer. So the indoor community and the volleyball system have been gagging for it for a while. Two, two championships in a row cancelled off. So looking forward to getting back on the court starting tomorrow morning. What's the feedback from the athletes to be all back together playing for their clubs at a national championships? Yeah, I think really nice to be back together playing you know doing what they love to do which is getting out on the court and doing their thing and it's not just through the event that starts on Wednesday the um, the volleyball system that leads towards this event uh, we've been playing in the in the zonal competitions that happen around the country that determine seating and, and placements for division one for this so um, it's good to see that at the national event which starts on Wednesday we'll be back on the court but a lot of the players have had a chance to get their reps in and get set through the zone competitions around the country over the last couple of months. Do we see crossover athletes that play both beach volleyball and indoor volleyball? Yeah, there is a bit of both. Like, I think um, it's a growing, the beach side of things is growing specialisation, I guess you'd call it. Like, um, you obviously saw Shauna and Alice just succeeded on the world stage at the Asian Championships in the beach volleyball space. They were at the Commonwealth Games and Sam and Brad were at the Commonwealth Games as well. And, and um, all four of those players have been part of the indoor system at some point either in the, the club competition, the regional system, or in um, the new National League that started last year. So I think um, volleyball skills cross over, and then it comes time, certain times of the year or certain years where people will specialise based on uh, what's working for them at a given moment. And what's the health like of, of your sport through the regions? What What's the participation levels like? Yeah, I think the, the general figure across the board is around about 40,000 players across all the various age grades. We're pumping in the school space. Um, it's one of the biggest sports in the secondary school space and particularly for, for women. So um, the volleyball system is very much set up from the age of 13 through 18 where people get their first sort of taster at schools where gym access is, is easy to come by and, and where there's committed and, and passionate people who are driving volleyball from a teacher perspective, we do get a lot of um, youth participants. Obviously, the challenge for us, just like it is for everybody, mate, is to transition that once people leave school and through university and then into the club space, which is what this club event's all about. How far and wide have the teams come from? Is it the length and breadth of the country? 
Yeah, the four zones we've got, we've got a northern zone that's basically Northland and Auckland, and um, amongst the Division 1 teams, there's an allotment from there, and then there's a Midland zone, which is Waikato and uh, the Bay of Plenty, and then into the central zone, which is the lower North Island, and the southern zone, which is the entire South Island. So there's teams filtered across the Division 1 competitions from each of those zones, and then the Division 2, um, which is, a, I guess, a wider entry pool with no restrictions. Uh, people can enter from all over the place, so there's clubs... Um, far and wide throughout the main centres that have uh, they're all making their way if they're not there already to Tauranga today. Who's the who's the the strong hub? Where's volleyball got really got a stronghold and, and produce the athletes? Is, is there a, is there is there a Fakatane? Is there a Rotorua? Is there a Honganui? Is there somewhere that's just volleyball is life? I might be a dead man for, for picking a couple of places here, but I'll see how I go. <laughs> um, the, I guess the, the strong zones are where the population is um, in terms of how they represent in our in our club championships. So the northern zone through the Auckland system has the biggest number of club slots in that Division One competition. Christchurch as well is a stronghold for, for volleyball, both um, indoor women's and men's. And most of the, the role of honour that we look through historically has had um, teams succeeding out of Auckland and Christchurch. But that said, um, there's some um, other places around the country um, which have got and had spot success. Um, so there's a, there's a bit of talent in the, in the concentrated main centres, but um, Tauranga itself, for example, in the, in the women's category, they won the competition back in 2018, so they're looking to win it on what is basically their home for uh, this coming week. So, um, yeah, the... the, the the main centres, Auckland, Christchurch, and in the Bay, and specifically for the beach stuff, definitely in the Bay. That you'd call that almost the default form of, of beach volleyball for us. And finally, um, we know it's in Tauranga. So for for locals that want to get along and just watch and be entertained and support, and for the non-locals, the people around New Zealand that want to um, watch it, is is there is there any way they can watch? Yeah, definitely. So the Division One. Men's and women's competitions are live streamed, so just jump on our website, uh, volleyballnewzealand.org.nz, um, to get all the streaming details. And if you're down and around in Tauranga and the Mount over the next five days, get down to Trace Power Bay Park Arena and uh, the Queen Elizabeth Youth Centre, where we're split across um, those two venues. Majority competition at Bay Park Arena, though. Look forward to seeing everybody. Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks for, for joining us. I wish you uh, all the very best, you and all the athletes that have had to be very patient. Um, but I can tell through your voice how excited uh, you and all the athletes must be just to have a national competition back on the calendar. Uh, go well, Stephen. Thanks for taking time today. Kia Thanks. There he is, Stephen Upfold. So if you're in the Tauranga region, um, get along. Uh, it's at the the Bay Events Centre, I think he said, uh, which is where the netball is, it's where the rugby is, it's that huge big precinct um, where the big flyover is finally open, hasn't it? Finally open. Um, so go along and have a look. Or if you want to um, watch it, stream it, um, go to Volleyball New Zealand. Uh, .org, I think he said. Uh, but just Google it and uh, they'll have a live stream there. I also think it's... Um, Yes, it's the men's and women's uh, Division 1 games that will be live streamed. couple more text messages before we take the news. Um, kia ora staff, I thought Josh Morby and uh, Rives Rehana uh, could have made the New Zealand 15. No Tanifa players. Uh, someone said Offa Tonga Fasi. Now he's All Blacks, not the 15, I think. I think. God, there's just so many now, isn't there? Um, 
After producing arguably the outstanding individual performance of the year, what are the chances of Geordie Barrett starting the next test at 12? He is listed as outside back, and Anton Leonard-Brown and Haveli are both back, plus Roger Tuivasa-Shek is seen as a 12. It's from Sumo William Brisbane. I think that first test in Japan... Uh, my crystal ball would suggest that they will start Anton Leonard-Brown because he's been out of rugby for so long and get some mileage under his under his wing, either off the bench or start. I think he will feature. Geordie Barrett, maybe not. Or he might sit that one out. Um, but when the real big first test in earnest comes in, very interested in the 12th jersey. Very interested. Uh, Staffy Payton Spencer for 10 in the future. Come the next World Cup, and Alex Hodgman has been hard done by as well, Kent. Yes, so Peyton Spencer, son of Carlos, um, has been signed by Auckland and the Blues uh, in his last year of secondary school at the moment, but he's big and he's skilled. Um, fantastic. And a good text message here, given that we're going to be talking to Jason Winyard in between two and three, uh, wood chopping. As a lumberjack, I cut down... 56,457 trees. And I know this because I kept a log. Ba-da-boom. Ba-da-boom. <laughs> Not bad. Staff, uh, I have a question. I have one question, which is a real poser. What would the team look like if Leon McDonald was the selector and the coach? I would suggest it would look very different. I think you, uh, very different. <clears throat> Staffy, I think you'll find that Peter Gus wasn't good enough at the hucker. I can't think of any other reason. Um, Offer played for Northland this year and I believe he made the squad. There we go. I am thinking the New Zealand 15 is in part a thanks for your service tour. No great opposition and only a few games and older players are in there. I'd love to know how many New Zealand rugby officials will be accompanying the squad. Great use of Silver Lake money. Not. I agree New Zealand rugby should front foot this stuff and stop rumours and conspiracy. Tony, I'm with you on that one. I am definitely with you on that one. Let's go and catch up with the latest in new sport and weather and we'll come back and in the next half hour we'll catch up with Brendan Popple out of the TAB and we'll talk some Indoor Cricket World Cup as well. With so many World Cups going on at the moment, it might surprise you, it might have snuck up on you that the World Cup of Indoor Cricket is about to get underway in Australia and New Zealand is represented over there. Uh, joining us now to talk a little bit about it, Indoor Cricket commentator, he's in the media about Indoor Cricket as well, his name's Ahmed Kawaja. Uh, Ahmed, welcome into the show. Uh, thanks Mark, um, yeah, pleasure to be here and uh, thanks for having me. Indoor cricket, uh, most people have probably had a crack at it over their times. I remember probably 20 years ago in Palmerston North, I used to go down to the yeah. local one and, <laughs> and I even managed uh, a, a Hutt Valley team in the North Island Champs a few years ago as well. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic sport and um, is there still heavy participation at the social and competitive level in New Zealand in indoor cricket? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, as we both know, you know COVID is had some impact and probably taken things back in you know, a, a year or two the last couple of years but but yeah still very much so it's um there, there's still a good level of, of participation at the social at the social level and you know obviously if you, you go into your local indoor sports center you'll certainly see a lot of that and and then obviously you know the, the world cup is, is for, for those for those people you know just to know that there's a, you know they get some more serious elements to the game as well so New Zealand's got a team over there. Are all the well-known cricketing nations there? Are we going to see Australia and England and India and the West Indies? How does how, what's the what's the team make up of the main draw? Yeah, so the majority of those teams come in the men's draw. So so just to put it in context, 
um, at these World Cups, there'll be an, an open men's, so that means you've got women, and then you've got under-22 men and under-22 women. In terms of the men's, that's where the majority of the of the, the cricket-playing nations are. So Australia are there, obviously, as the hosts in Melbourne. Um, they've, you know, they've won all 10 uh, women's titles and all 11 men's titles, so they're completely dominant. Wow. Um, New Zealand's not far behind now. Um, and then obviously you've got South Africa, you've got Sri Lanka, uh, India, United Arab Emirates, England, um, and Singapore as well. Um, so, so those are the main men's teams. And then obviously in the women, it's, it's a, a bit, a bit further behind, but you've got Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. The same with the, with the under 22 men's and women's. And, and for the first time, uh, Singapore also fielding a, a women's team. Is there much crossover? Like, if we looked through the team sheets from these um, at the, the, the participating nations at the World Cup, would, would we see players that we've seen play international cricket in the outdoor scenario? Yeah. So, in terms of the the sort of the I guess the lesser nations, like the you know the likes of the UAE, and I've had a look at some of the guys. They, you know, uh, probably once upon a time, a few years ago, they would have played outdoor cricket, so, you know, if you, if you probably went on to cricket and so and had a look at their profile, I think you would see it, um, but obviously, you know, because, you know, they have to, they also have to probably work, you know, part-time jobs, it's just, it's hard to, to manage, so indoor cricket obviously involves less of a, a less time, I guess, to, to put towards all that and, and they can manage it. In terms of the main countries, um, I mean, the, the main one for New Zealand, of course, is um, Jesse Ryder, so he... He is uh, he's very much into his indoor, um, and this is his second World Cup actually. So he played in 2017 when it was in the in the UAE. Um, but but yeah, he, he really loves his indoor cricket. So he's 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 um, gotten back into it since he's since he stopped playing outdoor um, a lot more. And and also the sort of the likes of Australia. So they've got um, Clive Rose, who's who's played sort of for Hobart Hurricanes and in the BBL and. And England have Nathan Remington, who's also played for the BBL. I mean, most of these guys that you will see are, you know, they've, they've sort of had a, they're kind of sort of there or thereabouts. They're probably, you know, top sort of club level cricketers, or they're probably, you know, maybe some of them are fringe domestic players. Um, you know, England have Nat Patel, who's sort of played for um, Central Districts. Um, and, and in New Zealand, on the women's side, there are a lot of either ex or current sort of domestic cricketers. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of them obviously use it, use it as a, I guess, a winter format, but, but many have sort of managed to just stay on and continue playing. And what's the format for the World Cup? I think it gets underway tonight. Is there, is there pools? Is it round robin? T- took us through the format. So in terms of, yeah, it's a bit of a different format this time round, mainly because of the, the, the amount of under 22 sides. So it actually started over the weekend on Saturday. Um, the men's draw, there's, there's the eight countries and what they've done because there's only three under 22 men's sides, they've actually combined, kind of combined that pool. So in fact, there's, there's eight, 11 teams in that pool. Um, they'll all play each other once. Um, but they actually kind of split off after that. So the under 22 men, whoever finish one, two and three will, you know, the top, the top qualify will to the final, uh, but the men will just also have their own individual pools. The top, the top four men's teams um, will go through to the cup stage, um, and the bottom four, so fifth to eighth, will play off for the plate. 
and then from there it's just sort of you know you have your preliminary preliminary matches qualifiers and then you have your um we'll have your grand finals thereafter so essentially if you're in, in the men you, you want to hit that top four um and give yourself a chance to, to get to play off play off the cup in terms of the women it's a bit similar too because there's only four women's sides and three under 22 women's sides so there's seven um, and again, they'll split off after they've played, but they'll, they'll be playing a double round robin. So essentially they'll have to play six plus six, 12 matches. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a long round robin stage. And again, uh, the top under 22 women's side will go straight through to the final. Two and three will play off in a prelim. Um, same for the women. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, there's, a, there's a bit of cricket. Um, there's, there's a, there's a lot to actually get through and in the space of sort of seven to eight days um, and, and teams are typically playing one to two games a day, but there'll be three games running sort of simultaneously, I guess, at all, at all stage. Well, I foolishly thought it started tonight. You're telling me it started in the weekend. So how are the Kiwi teams sitting at the moment? Pretty good, actually. And, and look, as I expected, um, Australia and New Zealand are, are both right up there in, in all grades. Um, so... The, the, the main talking point of, of uh, opening day was that uh, New Zealand beat Australia in the men's. That was about 75 to 58, and so they toppled them. And, and that was, um, you know, I guess it's a bit of a bit of a shots fired sort of scenario um, opening stages. And, and since then, they've gone on to they've gone on to um, win a couple of they won a tight game against United Arab Emirates last night. Uh, they've beaten Sri Lanka. Um, obviously, the you know they had the scenario where they were playing the under twenty two side, so that was pretty good to watch, and they've won that. So New Zealand are five from five at the moment, um, and and they're on twenty six points. Australia are, are right behind them; they're also on twenty six, but they've got the four wins. Um, and um, obviously, Sri Lanka and England thereafter. So there's a bit of a bit of a. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of a jostling for position for the last two for the last two spots. So you got Sri Lanka, England, India, and United Arab Emirates. Um, South Africa haven't won yet. And the women's side, it was a similar scenario. Australia beat New Zealand on the opening open day, but from then on, they've, they've all won their games from there on. So Australia's sort of sitting atop the women's standings and under-22 women's standings, and, and New Zealand are right behind them. Um, I think the surprise I've also noticed is that in the meetings, um, the Australia under-22s and New Zealand under-22s, they're beating some of these top-level nations. So, you know, it probably says something to the standard of the cricket here and over there that you know they're both beaten South Africa and um, they're, they're playing some really good cricket so they're, they're yet to play each other um, but, but I think when that happens it's going to be a very good game Is there a way for us to watch these Ahmed um, for those that have just joined that we're talking about the World Cup of Indoor Cricket over there in Australia can, can we watch it or view it or stream it Yeah, yeah absolutely so uh, things have advanced um, which is it, it's quite positive in terms of streaming ability. So if you go to um, go to YouTube and you go to Cricket Australia's uh, YouTube channel, um, at all times during the day uh, there is a um, there'll be three games running simultaneously. So one is one is essentially on one court will be um, you know basically a, a proper broadcast through um, through Kaya Sports, sort of owned by Foxtel. Um, you know, so you can you know see the graphics. There'll be commentary. You know, uh, it, it's, it's a pretty good run operation. A second court will just be showing uh, you know a fixed camera score and sound, um, so you can follow the game. And then a third court will will just have the camera. So it just depends who you want to watch. But 
Um, if you go yeah, if you go to Cricket Australia's YouTube channel, you can you can definitely find it there. Um, and if you go to Cricket Australia indoor Facebook page, you'll be able to find the fixture list. So timings, obviously, of when when games are played. But roughly, they're going um, at um, Australian Australian Eastern Standard Time nine eleven one three five and seven. So you know we're a couple of hours ahead, so you can kind of choose what you want to watch uh, when. But but yeah, obviously, it's all there to be. It's all there being streamed. You can rewatch it. You can watch it. It's um, it's a pretty great feeling actually. And when's uh, because we're all about currency? When's New Zealand's next games that we could stream? Um, so today, New Zealand uh, have just the one game, and it's against the uh, South Africa under twenty two. So that's um, a bit later this morning. So it's at eleven o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time. Um, but that uh, it'll be a one o'clock start here. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, they're, they're in really good form. They're looking good, um, and it's definitely worth the watch. Probably the other one, I think, um, which is shortly going to take place is uh, the under-22 men take on Australia under-22, um, which is at 11 o'clock in New Zealand time. So, yeah, look, I mean, it, it, probably at this point, Mike, they're sort of all halfway through that round-robin stage, and, you know, everyone's gotten a feel and acclimatised, and, and so there's a lot more cricket to be played. Um and, and yeah, I mean, hopefully New Zealand teams can, can sort of take it from here because we haven't won a World Cup yet. And last question, we have white ferns, black caps, um, black ferns. What are the indoor cricket team known as? Uh, yeah, look, I've been thinking about that for a while, but um, in terms of a name you could give them, but they don't have one. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that would uh, that would probably help if we could, they could be known by something. So... Maybe you could put it out to the listeners and, and run a poll, see what they think. <laughs> oh, gosh, what could it be? Indoor cricket, New Zealand indoor cricket, the indoor caps, I don't, I don't know what it could be. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too, but I don't know. It just didn't sound right. <laughs> no, it's not quite right, is it? Hey, mate, um, really good to chat to you today, Ahmed. Um, now that we're all across it and we can go to uh, Cricket Australia's YouTube channel we can stream it live we can watch jesse Ryder and his mates some youngsters and our women cricketers take on the world and uh so far so good halfway through we're we're looking pretty thanks for joining us today Ahmed, and uh we'll catch up again no worries thanks Mark. pleasure appreciate it Welcome back in. Uh, we have a wee treat for you on the afternoons with Staffy here on SCNZ. I feel like I'm in the midst of ex-royalty. Uh, Jason Winyard, um, so many titles. It'll take the whole hour to rattle them all off. Uh, multiple world champion, getting ready for another campaign. Welcome in, Jason. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. This time of year, um, how many days until you go to the Worlds? I'll fly out next Wednesday, so it's uh, it's counting down pretty quickly and a uh, few things to organise, so um, still getting a lot of equipment ready to, to send over and um, a little bit of stress, but um, thankfully the, the heavy part of the training is, is kind of done and there's more explosive work coming up um, in, the, in the lead up to when I fly off, so enjoying the, the explosive work and um, 
it's good being past the the heavy grind. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you still get as excited with 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 the World Cup? You know, the the big world title on the line, and 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 you go into the plane, you're sitting on the plane, you know where you're going. Is the excitement level still high? Oh, I think the plane trip is a bit of a drag, but um, I I really do get excited about getting over there and and you know competing. It's um, I've learned to enjoy the journey more. I think as I've as I've aged and. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting to to come from where I've come, uh, come through what I've come through, and uh, to be at this stage on the cusp of going over there and and having a crack at the title. So, um, yeah, all been all been worth it, and uh, really looking forward to getting over there. We welcome your calls uh, into Jason Winyard, multiple world champion, uh, member of the order. Of New Zealand merit, however you get those letters around the right way. Donald from Christchurch has called in, and it says here he's keen to chat to Jason. G'day, Donald. Hey, doing, mate? Are you right? I'm well. Jason's all ears. How are you, Donald? Yeah, yeah good. Thanks, Jason. Good. Hey, uh, you sound like we in my younger day when I used to cut wood, and I'm 64 now, and I'm still cutting bloody wood. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 49 in November, so um, I've been at it since I was 12. So uh, I still love it, and. Uh, yeah, can't can't get enough of it. Good on you. Now, my question for you, matey, was: um, Is there different types of wood that you have to cut in these competitions? And if so, do you have to cut your axe or sharpen your axe appropriately? Yes, you do. Um, sorry, there is different types of timber, and depending on what country you travel to compete in, um, that kind of sorts out what timber they use for the various competitions. So with this Still Timber Sports World Championship that's going to be held in Sweden, um, they use poplar for, for the competition wood. So poplar for the chopping wood and they use white pine for the sawing wood. So it, it's um, both of those are, are fairly soft wood species, yeah. So. Yeah. And what's the hardest country to chop wood in? Oh, it'd have to be, well... Uh, Australia and, and Spain would be on par. Uh, the Spanish competitions, they they have endurance-type competitions, which sometimes last for eight hours. So so you'd have to call them the, the toughest, like that would be the toughest competition. And then the, the species of wood they use there is beech. And then throughout Australia, they use various types of eucalyptus. So some of their competitions can last, you know, two to three minutes um, yeah. with the hardest sort of timbers. Yeah. Now, that would blunt my chainsaw, the <laughs> eucalyptus. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned with the axes as well. Um, so generally, the harder the wood is, um, the thicker the bevel needs to be on the axe. So oh, okay, yeah. for, for chopping poplar, we normally have anywhere from 12.5 to 14 degree on the bevel. And for your harder woods like eucalyptus and beech, you can get up to 18 to 20 degrees on the bevel. So you just adjust um, the equipment to suit the, the wood that you're competing in. Hey, it was very nice talking to you, mate, and you go well, matey. Likewise, mate. Thanks very much. There he is, Donald out of Christchurch. Any questions for Jason? And uh, buggy you, Donald. You took a couple of my questions off me. I was talking about different wood and um, different equipment. How, what does your, you know, golfers have 14 clubs? What's your competitive axe rack look like? Uh, I've got a roughly 80 
different axes. Um, <laughs> for this competition over in Sweden, I'll take roughly 16 axes um, of various sizes and uh, slightly different degrees on the bevel um, and also different grinds. So you never know what quite is going to work in the timber when you go to any of these championships so you have to take a wide selection and also there's always a chance of equipment getting damaged on the trip over so um, I'll send three crosscut saws, um, my big modified chainsaw and then like 16 axes to try and cover the bases. Wow amazing and is it is it a two-piece component like the what do you call it the bevel and and then the the handle are there two separate components that you put together or do you just have a complete axe already set up? Oh, the axes are, will be set up like the handle. The handle takes quite a lot of work. You you fit the handles to suit your grip, and then of course you fit like the length of the handle suits your personal swing and generally your body body size. Um, and then also you adjust the the weight of the head to to suit what your what you can manage to swing. Basically, generally you have heavier axes for softer wood than you do for harder wood. So the hardwood takes a lot longer. So, you know, world records are held with softwood. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Um, there's a world record in, in every class of wood for different diameters of, of the event that you're competing in. So there's, there's a lot of different world titles that you can compete for. And there's a, also a lot of different species of, of timber that you can keep, compete um, to win a world title in as well. So. Makes it a little bit confusing. Much like boxing with all the different um, world titles, there's, yeah. uh, wood chopping's probably 10 times worse because there's so many different species and sizes of um, of wood for that particular event. So, At the top of the sport, which you've been for a long time, is it the same, you'll go to these world champs and you'll know them all, pretty much? The funny thing is um, a lot of the younger ones coming up, I, I used to compete against their fathers. So, <laughs> um, I've been in it, in it for that long. But it, it's, yeah, I do know them all. Um, I know like all the national representatives have been selected at this stage. So I, I have competed against um, all of them that are that are in this year's championship. So um, wood chopping is a great sport because... Um, you know, you're you're all mates until you get out to compete, and then um, it's really serious business when when you when you're actually out there chopping and sawing. But um, everyone generally gets on really well. It's a good bunch of people involved in the sport, so um, there's a good camaraderie. And I think I've been in it for that long that I get shown a lot of respect, and it's pretty cool to sort of come through from being the youngest in the New Zealand team, and now. I'm probably going to be one of the oldest competitors in in the world championship this year. So it's it's pretty good to sort of come through the ranks and and see the changes and and get the respect that um, that's given now. So you have to excuse my ignorance, but that's why we've got Jim to answer my ignorant questions. Um, so this world championships, you're representing New Zealand. Are you part of a team? Um, who else is in the team? Yeah, this is um, this will be a two day competition. So starting on the twenty eighth. Um, there's a world relay competition, so 30 countries involved, um, and we've got a six-man squad that we're taking over from New Zealand. Um, I'm part of that NZ team. There's Adam Lowe, Shane Jordan, Jack Jordan, Nathan McDonald, and we're taking over the late David Bolstad's son. Wow. Um, he was our rookie 
one of our rookie representatives, so we're taking him over with the team as well. So uh, there's a good contingent going over. Uh, we've got a manager travelling with us, Anthony Mildren, and um, we're hoping to take that world relay title and back it up with the individual world championship the next day. So this second day is, um, which will be the 29th, will be the individual world championship. So that that's the one I'll represent New Zealand in. How many disciplines on that second day will you be involved in? So six disciplines, um, three wood chopping disciplines and three soaring disciplines. With the relay event, it's a it's a bracket competition, so you you compete in the morning for um for a, a like a seating, mm-hmm. and then it's a knockout competition after that. So one on one competition and winner advances. So and you could be gone for a while day one. Yeah, I think total you need to cut six times in order to win the whole championship. So it's pretty grueling, and and your rest period gets shorter as it comes to semi-final, finals um, time. So so quite a gruelling race. There's four disciplines in the in the team event. Uh, starts out with a stock saw, moves to the underhand chop. Um, single buck soaring is the third discipline, and it finishes on a standing chop. So um, a separate team member completes each discipline. So you're the world record holder in the single buck sword. so do you say, I'm doing that one in the relay? Yep, um, <laughs> we're lucky enough to take, uh, like there's a couple of strong sawyers going over this year, so we might just be able to share the load this time, which is which is going to be quite a, um, quite a big advantage because it'll help me back up for that next day in the individual championship as well. So um, I'm not sure what our strategy is going to be. We'll, we'll have to play it by ear, but um, as, as I said, it's a knockout competition, so you can't drop any race, otherwise you, you know, you're coming home with without getting to the final so um, I guess we'll we're going to have a training run in Germany um, before the competition and we'll make our final selections about how the team's going to run there so it'll be interesting. Which one at the end of like a single event which one are you the most buggered which one takes the most out of you? Oh, I'd have to say the single buck yeah yeah it's <clears throat> a it's a short discipline not lasting probably any longer than 15 seconds but it's so it's grueling because you have to use your whole body and and there's no there's no generating a swing it's all full load pulling that sword the back whole time the whole time yeah so um you really get a lot of lactic acid build up quickly with that discipline and uh it's it's really hard to back up after you know doing that five or six times <laughs> Yeah, and you got the single stuff to go the next day. If you yeah. want to have a chat or any questions to Jason Winyard, our multi-time world champion, um, all things Timber Sports, 0800 150 I would love you to give us a call. Or double eight double three is the Temper Bed Post text machine number. Double eight double three. Any questions for our guest Jason? And as I say, don't be afraid to call. He's here till about ten to three. Love to have your interaction. We'll take a break. I've got some questions to put to Jason that's come through on the text machine after that break. Yes, welcome back in. Really delighted to be joined by Jason Winyard in studio. Happy to take your calls or your text messages. So give us a yell, 0800 150 811. The number is free now. Or if you want to text in a question, 8833. Uh, from Shannon, kia ora Jason. Do you still compete in the Karetu Wood Chopping Festival? Kia Shannon. Um, we haven't had that festival for quite a number of years and uh, hopefully 
you know, in the near future, we're going to run another one. Um, so I'm talking with uh, my relations up there and hopefully we can get it kicked off um, after this World Championship. So um, watch the space. We'll um, put the advertising out when we get another <laughs> event going. <laughs> How, you must go to, like, um, I think the World Series started in America. There was um, a real strong wood chopping presence in Canada. You know, they're lumberjacks in America and, and Canada. I know it's strong through Europe now. You've been to some far, far away places and some strange places you never thought you'd turn up to chop some wood? Yeah, I really have. It's, um, you know, something when you're starting out as a 12-year-old you don't <laughs> envision yourself doing, you know, especially growing up in Murupara. It's quite a small town, um, strong logging community. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been great, actually. I've, I've been to places like Japan and... Vanuatu was another um, mm. place where we did an exhibition, and um, yeah, been all throughout Europe and United States and Canada. It's it's been great. It's been great, and um, I guess when you you know you you show promise in a sport at a young age, you you kind of want to be the best at it. So so I guess you go search. Well, I went searching globally to try and find the the toughest competitions and you know, the most lucrative competitions to compete in. So that took me travelling around and, and yeah, it was it's been an awesome part of my life. I um I don't enjoy the travel much now. <laughs> um it's kind of a necessary thing to, you know, to get from A to B and, and get to the next championship. But um I, I still really enjoy the competition. I I enjoy going to the different countries and um, competing against their top competitors, and and it's only it's really the only true way you know how good you are, if you you know get out of your own country and get out of your comfort zone, and put it on all on the line in, in a different country with sometimes different species of wood, and and try and face those challenges, and and it's exciting, and yeah, the thrill hasn't really wavered <laughs> since I first picked up the axe, so it's. Um, yeah, it's been it's been I've been fortunate to have that as a as a strong passion for that many years. And I guess if anything was going to dent that passion, it would have been this this COVID holiday. We've all been enforced in you know, no competing. Um, we we've talked to uh, the GM of Volleyball New Zealand. They've had no tournaments for two years, and he said the athletes are just frothing for it. You, over the last two years, um, you were telling me during the ads, you last went overseas in 2018 or 19. It's a long, long time. Very different lifestyle for you the last two and a half, three years. What happened to your hunger? Oh, the hunger really didn't change. It, it probably it probably got worse, actually. Like it, <laughs> I, I missed it. You know, I missed it terribly, not being able to compete. And uh, so I, I was forced out of the sport um, because of osteoarthritis and ended up having a hip replacement in 2020 just happened to coincide with this um with this covid pandemic and and our sport didn't run a world championship for a couple of years so um kind of in one way fortunate that my injury troubles kind of fell within that time but not really fortunate because <laughs> it was a horrible time in my life and um I'm just glad to be back competing and, and to not be in the pain that I was in. So mm. um, really thankful to come through that and um, and looking forward to getting over to Sweden. But um, 
Yeah, a lot of sports have suffered because of the, the layoff and um, I'm sure a lot of frustrated athletes out there, you know, they weren't put off because of injury um, restrictions like, like myself. But um, isn't it great to be seeing some of these sports coming back mm. and, and it's great for us just to be able to compete with, you know, some spectators now. So um, th- this World Championship is going to be a great one. I think they're going to have a good following in Gothenburg and... It's going to be really exciting to get out there and compete um, against a, you know, with um, great crowd support. So really looking forward to that. Where are you at performance level? Do you think um, you, you've had the layoff? You've been away from competing. You've had your operation. Um, do do you like time yourself? Do you measure yourself in the gym? Do you do you test yourself aerobically? How can you stack up where you are, where Jason, when you're 2022 is compared to Jason when you're 2019? Really can't make that designation until you get out on that world stage and uh, you get under those, you know, that type of pressure and and that type of environment. You can't really make a a full assessment. So, and I think that's kind of why I've always travelled and tried to put myself against, you know, different people in different countries. Um, gym numbers are higher than they've ever been in my life. Well, look at you go. Yeah, so, but that doesn't correlate into faster times. Yes. Always. So, But it's a good start. It is a good starting point, definitely. And um, um, my aerobic fitness is, is better than it's ever been. So those are all um, good foundational pieces of the puzzle. But it's what you do with those milliseconds that you're in competition you know how everything flows and the keeping the mistakes to a minimum and uh you don't really you can't really make a full assessment until you get out there and compete so where's the balance strength and technique where's that balance sit strength is a good foundation for for disciplines like the single buck and um operating the modified chainsaw it's a 30 kg chainsaw so you've got to have a good strength base to be able to do that effectively um but for the wood chopping events it's uh it's a little different because there's a lot more timing and hand eye coordination involved so um you you have to have that foundation strength um and aerobic conditioning but then the wood chopping is is more practice with the axe and you know being able to put the axe in the right spot and get it out and um, get that happening as quick as possible. Um, and experience is is a lot as well. Mm. Um, knowing what to do with the axe, what what axe to use for a start, and how to present it to the to the block on the correct angle. Um, you learn these things over time, and it's just muscle memory practice and working on your weaknesses really so just like a lot of other sports you try to refine yourself over time deck maintenance isn't fun move the furniture and barbecue sand and prep paint seal or get a low maintenance trex deck the only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset trex the world's number one decking brand